Hey listeners, Haley Bryan here again. And in just a few seconds, you're going to hear from a national champion. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. And I'm not jealous at all that James got to interview him, but it's fine. James talks with cohort member Daryl Reynolds on the experience at the Men's NCAA National Championship and the journey that led up to it. But you'll also hear about what Daryl is doing now and what else he's passionate about. Stay with us for all that and more on the pregame podcast. What's going on, everybody? The champ is here. The champ is here, man. I repeat, the real champ is here. What's going on, man? Daryl Reynolds here with us. Daryl, if you just want to say what's up or hello to everybody. What's going on with y'all? I What's like going on, man? Off with the champ. I didn't know you was going to do that, man. <laughs> yeah, <off>. man. <laughs> it was it was only right, man. But we're going to get into that. Why I introduced you like that, we'll get into that a little later. But on a serious note, man, I'm glad to have you here. Glad, glad be, you'll man. be. Yeah, no problem. Glad you'll be participating with this year's cohort, man. It's a it's an excellent opportunity to grow in your professional career, man, honestly. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No doubt. So, man, as I was reading, I noticed you said something that that stuck out to me. I just want to hit on that right quick. You said I wouldn't be who I am without athletics as a whole. Yeah. Now, dating back to your your adolescent years when you're in high school as a young adult Mm -hmm. to where you are now. What does that quote mean or how impactful is that quote? Um, I mean, quite honestly, I played I played baseball when I was like seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I gave that up. I played football up until the time I was 14, and I didn't mm-hmm. really start playing basketball competitively until 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of like all that time that elapsed between the sports and, you know, the, the seeing those three sports, it really, all three of them took part in shaping, you know, just who I am. And a lot of relationships I've built have been around sports. But uh, right. really what I meant by that, like more like more than anything, is the fact that like sports has, it's taught me how to pick myself up, you know, in situations mm-hmm. when I'm down through injuries or through, you know, uh, not getting a scholarship offer that I wanted or something like that when, you know, in the recruiting process. But it's, I've, the more, you know, as in this position of director of player development at my alma mater, Villanova, like the more I, you know, see these young guys, see the way that they are shaped by basketball and stuff like that, I realize that that's what happened with me. You know, a lot of who I am is really just due to sports, you know, the toughness mm-hmm. that football brought about. Um, I mean, obviously I wasn't, I was, I was so young with baseball, I didn't retain a lot, but it still gave me a certain amount of discipline. And a certain amount of uh, just wear thought of, of yourself, you know. I think it's so interesting how sports will kind of teach you about who you are, you know, like your position in the sport and how you, you know, play your game is a almost direct correlation to who you are off the court. There aren't too many people who are completely different, you know, people when they're on the court and off the court or field or whatever your uh, your sport may be. But like right. in so many ways, I've seen how like basketball has shaped. The way I've changed, you know, I shaped the way I played and vice versa. So that's what right. I mean when I said the sports is, you know, is really who I am. Right. That's good stuff. Man, Um. so who gave you your introduction to sports? So who really influenced you or pushed you into the sports path? Or was it a, 
a family member or was it just um, watching guys in the neighborhood or what was it? Uh, it's more my father, my father. Um, my, nobody in my family is, is necessarily uh, athletic. My father played basketball a little bit in high school, but he didn't really take it serious. My mother never played a uh, sport in her life. So like, you know, he was, he saw what sports did for his brother. His brother ran track at Clemson, got a scholarship, um, like set records at Clemson, you know, track and field that still haven't been broken like on the long jump and things like that. So it was like he saw what that did for him and mm-hmm. he saw how that, how sports, you know, shaped him as a young man. And mm-hmm. he was just, he decided that, you know, he was going to pretty much do the same with me, like make sure that I play sports. And quite honestly, I was reluctant. I was reluctant to it a lot. You know, I did not necessarily uh, buy in the football when he wanted me to play. I really didn't start playing basketball until, um, until I got to the point where I truly wanted to do it, which was, you know, it's, it's interesting to think like all those years he was pushing me to do it. And then one day I just kind of, it just clicked for me, you know, but, um, my father more than anybody. That's good stuff. So throughout this sports career, um, you know, sports has been an impactful, uh, part of your life. I'm going down yeah. your resume and I'm reflecting on my resume <laughs> Wishing that while I was at North Carolina A and T, I could have been a NCAA tournament <laughs> champion, man. But for me coming out the MEAC, my big championship was just trying to win that MEAC championship and go Amen. dancing. But Amen. ladies and gentlemen, we have a four-time Big East champion, two-time Big East tournament champion, and a one-time NCAA tournament champion. If you can just hit on the the that experience, man, what it was like being a part of that team and the culture and the hard work, just just tell us all about it. It was it was uh oh man, excuse me. It was a lot. It was fun. It was the those those four years of my life. I think shaped me more than any other. You you hear about that a lot, like college really just shaping people up of who they're going to be because that's before you get shipped off into the real world. So right. nine times out of 10, college, it becomes a huge part of you. And they did. Um, that amount of success in college was, I want to say, 70% due to just what we inherited. You know, we when we came into Villanova, I say we, I mean my classmates, uh, Chris Jenkins and Josh Hart, we all came in at the same time. Um, we had walked into a team that was good and on the rise. And, you know, we were lucky enough as freshmen to contribute to that ride and, you know, becoming the first time we got the Big East Championship. And that was the first Big East Championship at Nova in a while. So we got to really see how that winning felt as soon as we got in. And that really set us up for the next couple of years. Um, the, the national championship, our junior year was huge. But, you know, it just, like I said, going back to how sports shaped me, People look at those years, especially the national championship year, the 2016, when, you know, Chris hits that shot and we all storm the court or whatever, and it's great. And people, you know, they, they like to focus on that, but people don't understand the, the, the amount of just grind and just, like, tireless work that went into that just that year. Like, not, never mind the year after or the years prior, right. you know, just that year. It, it was Absolutely. it was a lot, man. It was a lot. But like I said, it showed me the the, the – um, it showed me the power of like a process and things right. like that. You know, I think so in so many ways nowadays, things are just built around like instant gratification and, you know, 
everything from our food to the way we think is just getting quicker. We want, you know, A to B immediately. And um, those four years, it just showed me like how much this just, if you want to build something the right way, it just, it takes a lot day in and day out, you know? And right. That's really what it was. Like that's, it was, it was, don't get me wrong. I, I don't mean to sound completely dreary. They were great. Yeah. You know, they were absolutely. perfect. We still have all of our hardware, you know, every, everybody still right. has their rings and stuff like that. I think if you talk to anybody on that team, they'll tell you the thing they value the most is like the relationships. Like, in 2018, mm-hmm. those guys on that team who were on that floor together will always be tight to a degree that, you know, they are with nobody else because of what they went through that year. And it's the same thing in right. 2016 for me and my team. And 17, we graduated, you know. We didn't win the right. championship again, but we won the Big East um, regular season championship and the tournament championship. And like I said, it was a grind, but it makes you appreciate it, you know, so much. Absolutely. That's good stuff. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, I mentioned that this man was a four-time Big East champion, two-time Big East tournament champion, and one-time NCAA tournament champion. But this young man was also a champion in the classroom. He graduated with a 3.1 GPA from Villanova University. Daryl, do you mind explaining to us how you were able to remain focused and why why you kept your education at such a high pinnacle? Um, it was quite honestly, it's a huge part of my parents. You know, my parents have always stayed in about academics just naturally. Um, and to be quite honest, going into high school, I almost did not qualify. So as much as they were staying on me, I gotta be, I gotta be real with it. I wasn't always listening uh, as much as I should have. And it almost, it almost cost me in the end, you know, and it really made me, it really made me tighten up. So once I got into college, it was like, all right, you really have to be you know, you, you're you getting a second chance at this academics thing, take it serious. And, you know, just the, the, the reality that basketball could end at any second now, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Once they started to settle in, it, it really made me hone in on academics. Um, I, I will admit, though, a huge part of my success in college was the fact that I was, you know, you're not in college, you're not taking, you know, history class after history class after history class or uh, math class after math class after math class or English and things like that. And not to knock them, you need those fundamentals. But obviously in college, you start taking things that are geared towards your profession. And that's right. obviously a huge part of the reason we're having this conversation today. I came to Villanova um, just as much for basketball as I did for the communication school. And a professor mm-hmm. of mine that I met by the name of Hezekiah Lewis, he was just a huge influence on me. Like from the first time I met him, I was like, all right, I want to be around this guy. Um, so it was perfect. It was the perfect storm. and when I got in here, you know, I got to take his class and film and uh, film analytics and things like that. Journalism, broadcast journalism, uh, screenwriting. I pretty much just tried to get as much information as I can on writing and storytelling through a lens in college. And because of it being my passion already, it made school that much easier. You know, it didn't feel it didn't feel like work anymore. But honestly, right. it didn't feel like work anymore. It just felt like, you know, I'm about to go to class and the same way that I go out there and have fun on the court. I'm about to learn about, you know, how to put together a script for when I write my first treatment. Or I'm about to learn about, you know, the the, the sound and equipment and things like that that go around putting together production, you know. And with that, like I said, with that having fun type of mentality, um, partially, quite honestly, tricking myself into it at times. Because not all of it was fun. Nothing is fun all right. the time. So part right. of it was kind of learning how to trick myself into being like, okay, this is fun. Find a way to make it fun. But also it being my other passion, it just, it clicked. And that's what kind of carried me through. 
Right. That absolutely. Was academic staff. Sorry. They, you know, I'm, I'm about to, act, I'm not about to say act like it was all on me. <laughs> they were <Right>. on us. <laughs> they were <laughs> yeah. on us with all the traveling and all that. They were definitely on us and made sure that, you know, we stayed on top of our work. So between the university and, like I said, just that passion carrying me, that's what allowed school to go great in college. Right. Absolutely. And Daryl, the reason I wanted to highlight your academic achievement, achievement just as much as I did your athletic achievement is because actually in, at Georgetown for my capstone research, I looked at the disparity in graduation rates for African-American male student athletes yeah. that participate yeah. in football and basketball, particularly yeah. at the power five level. When you talk about the SEC, ACC, right, right. Leaving early. And, and at most times, some of them don't leave early, but there's right. They still don't graduate. And what the thing that I looked at is trying to fix that issue. So whenever I see a young African-American young male that takes advantage of the athletic as well as the academic experience, I always want to applaud them and highlight them. So, yeah, no problem, man. But it's one thing you mentioned um, that you say you were interested there at Villanova and that was the multimedia side, correct? Yes. Yes. Very so much let's, so. Let's talk about that. I see that you actually worked on a full-length documentary um, that was filmed in Cape Town, South Africa, called Positive. Yeah. Yeah. What What was that about? So Positive was a um, a documentary based around a young lady who um, contracted HIV through, you know, um, quite honestly, a sexual assault when she was a kid and mm-hmm. then experienced it again in her, her 20s. And, mm-hmm. you know, needless to say, this is, if not uh, the one of the strongest women that, you know, any of us had ever met for her ability to, to you know, overcome those things and use her story as a vehicle to uh, reach other people. So right. it was set up by the documentary class. Like I said, once again, Hezekiah Lewis, he's a documentary class. First half of the year, the first semester, they go out to Cape Town and mm-hmm. they um, they pretty much just shoot as much B-roll as they can and get as much footage as they can. And nine times out of 10, what happens is you go out there the first time, like you go out there with a story in mind. And what right. they've always found is that every year the story kind of shifts. Like you get out there and you find something you know, maybe a little more interesting or a little more in depth. And that was her story. You know, they went out there looking at the HIV um, rate and, and sexual, you know, violence in that part of Africa, period. You know, it was, it was a study period. Uh, the year prior, they went to uh, Italy and they were there covering the immigration crisis, you know, with people coming from Africa and things like that. So, right. you know, obviously the, the, the class is geared towards, um, you know, African and African-American studies, but they went down to Cape Town just studying the entire thing. And then when they met Medisa, it was like, oh, my gosh, like we have to cover this. So, you know, my job on the um, the post-production side in so many ways was just kind of gearing the story you know like we would just obviously it starts off you get back you have all this raw footage and we had to kind of just break down so my job was in the editing process to help with you know all right how do we tell this story how do we set this up you know we're putting this there we're putting it there and for me it was huge it was like this is what i ultimately want to do what i ultimately want to do after all of it is um direct um produce and write for feature-length films you know what I mean? Wow. And be, so, you know, like this is huge because like I said, like I'm, you know, I'm not saying I, I didn't have cl- complete creative control. It's still a group effort. 
but to 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 see the footage and be like, all right, we need the you know the the story's line is gonna go better if we put this here, put that there, you know, things like that. And like I said, that was that was the the thing it premiered at the Kimmel Center in Philadelphia. I know that a lot of people aren't familiar with it, but the Kimmel Center is like I'm not gonna say uh, I can't say our Apollo. I guess you would say our like where where our, like where the Broadway theaters are, where they have like you know the plays and stuff like that. That's our version of that in Philly. And for it to okay. premiere there, you know, and us to sell the place out, it was huge. You know, it was huge. Right. And that was the Absolutely. first film I officially worked on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you say you you want to get into writing, producing, filming. Yeah. How how do you tie that into sports? Or what type of impact does sports have on um your career aspirations? Um, quite honestly, I want to do. I after basketball, after I'm done playing, I have no desire to coach. Like I said, right. Uh, I just have no desire to coach, but. I still want to be involved with sports. So, you know, okay. with things like photography, I, I took photography. It, it all started in high school. I took photography. But things like okay. photography, I would love to, you know, shoot for shoes and stuff like that. Like, part of my job now is director of player development um, at Nova. I uh, sometimes involved with, like, the social media thing. So, you know, we'll, like, take okay. pictures of things and frame things. All right, this, this this looks good. This relates to this person. That does that. You know, all right, what are the, the analytics on this? How did this post do? And just figuring out that. I would still love to be involved with, you know, shooting commercials and things like that. Like I've always said a right. dream of mine would be to, you know, when LeBron careers to be, if not completely, you know, overseeing that project in the sense of, right. um, you know, directing or something like that, at least have a hand in how that commercial would look. Like I love the way on Kobe's farewell tour, how Nike did it and how they set it up and not just Nike, other companies as well. Yeah. When they, set up retirement things and stuff like that. But I would love to be involved with projects like that. I would love to do sports documentaries and things like that. And, you know, it, it all ties in in that way. Quite honestly, I want to get away from sports in a, in okay. a sense, but that is okay. how sports ties in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, looking at your resume here, it seems you're on the right track. I mean, mm -hmm. I see you have your own talk show here called Stay Tuned with D-Ray. That's a, yes, that's a smooth touch, by the way. <laughs> So let's uh let's hit on that. What is that talk show? What do you cover? Do you cover multiple topics? Do you try to stay within a certain um area? What 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 does that entail? No, no, not necessarily. I, I don't. I didn't want anything to be off of the uh the table. Um, so now right. it's a it's it's a podcast. Now we're getting into different okay different um you know different guests. Like for example, we had a guy named Wallow Two Six Seven on there who's a motivational speaker. He he was spent twenty years in prison. And wow. he, um, yeah, when he got out, he just immediately hit the road with using social media to power his motivational, you know, speaking, um, uh, career. And he's, he's blown up. Like he's doing, he's part of the prison reform movement. He's just, he's everywhere now. He was my first okay. guest. Um, Amari Spellman, a uh, rookie for the Atlanta Hawks, former teammate of mine. Right. He was my second guest. Johnny the Shooter, which is a guy who was just down at All-Star Weekend. Um, shooting for, you know, LeBron and things like that. Um, and shooting pretty much the all-star game. He was on it. Um, so like it's pretty much just been, those are the first three episodes. So those are, okay. you know, that, that was, that's kind of like the, what I'm doing now. But we were in the studio and actually doing the talk show thing. And we had the Nova guys up there, the athletes, Ryan Arsdiak, you know, Chris Jenkins, um, Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, we had, you know, the managers, we had the walk-ons, we had a former manager who's an NBC anchor by the name of Keith Jones. 
Um, you know, we brought up all these different people who were involved with it. And I told them, like, when they came up there, I was like, I don't want to hear what you're generally asked. You know, I don't want to talk right. about, um, for example, what I always say with Chris Jenkins. Obviously, when you hear that name, you think of the NCAA shot, the biggest shot since Christian Leighton, the biggest shot in NCAA history. I was right. like, I don't want to talk about that shot. I, I'm not saying I don't mm-hmm. care about that shot. Obviously, yeah, right, I don't right. care a ton about that shot. But that's what everybody's used to hearing. You know, that's what everybody's used to hearing, that they're constantly hearing about that shot. I wanted the show to be dedicated to telling the story behind and beyond the story, you know, the things that go mm-hmm. untold. So, you know, for example, we get up there, Ryan Arsiakano, and you know, he had a great career at Villanova. Um, he's on the Chicago Bulls now. Me and him got up there and we were talking about, you know, basketball, his aspirations after basketball and things like that. But at one point, right. the conversation broke out into a topic on his hair, you know, and the what and all the changes that he's going through in college and in the pros with his hair, which is quite crazy. Yeah. And it's like, but that's something that people would, you know, I, I found out later on, like, that's something people to me, I was like, I just want to do it because it's fun. I later right. on found out when I'm getting feedback, like that was the stuff that people wanted to know. Like nobody ever asked him the, uh, that type of question, you know, Absolutely. Like I said, that's what I want the show to kind of be based around telling the story behind and beyond the story. It's nothing wrong with touching on, you know, what makes somebody popular or what makes somebody famous or the main thing. But at the right. same time, I, I wanted it to have just a, a different feel in the sense of um, asking questions that generally go unasked, you know? Absolutely. Gotcha. Daryl, I see here, man, you have a remarkable resume. Thank you, man. Like I said, four-time Big East champion, two-time Big East tournament champion, one-time NCAA tournament champion. You've worked in film. Um, you've done player development. You have your own podcast show. So my question now to you is, what is your why? What keeps your motor going and gets you up every day motivated through the tough days keeps you going? What pushes you to that, to want to reach that next level? Um, I guess that's where the sports things will come in. You know, it's, it's, it's a competitive, it's a competitiveness. Um, I mm-hmm. guess now in dealing with this part of my life and not necessarily being a, a athlete at this point, just, just the, I'm not, I don't know if this is put out there. Um, the reason I'm not playing right now, I played my first year overseas in Poland. I came back my first time playing. I took a fall and I blew out my ACL, my LCL, my PCL. I ripped off my hamstring and I have wow. nerve damage from the knee down. So that is really wow. why I started on my production career. Like that was why I started with my other passion, you know, quite frankly, just because right. I, I, I can't play sports right now. You know, I'm out of the game for right. a while. Um, right. But that competitiveness is still there. You know, that that need to, to get to the next step is still there. That want to figure out, okay, you know, how, how do we how do we get a leg up on this? How do we get a leg up on that? How do we get in front of this? How do we get in front of that? And just channeling that competitiveness that I had in athletics, you know, quite frankly, um, almost it's, it almost has heightened since then because I can't, you know, call it what it is, I can't get that fixed. I can't get on the court and dunk on somebody yeah. or, you know, or play right, a steal right. or something like that. I'm playing a tournament. So, all that energy has kind of been channeled towards like just making sure that, you know, in the business side of things that I'm dealing with it the right way. So I guess, I guess my why, sorry for that spiel. (laughs) I guess my why would just, it would, you know, there's in the show, there's always a story to be told. There's always another story to be told, you know, and I guess Mm -hmm. that kind of started from a deficit of mine. 
if anything, you know, I, I, I'll, it was times where, you know, you would, I would want my story told and I will realize that so many stories help tie into other ones. So it's like, all right, let's make a show that's dedicated to doing that. So with the show, right. my why is, you know, making sure that no story goes untold. Um, right. And, you know, just with sports business, period, is just there's always something that someone isn't thinking of. You know, why not be Absolutely. the one who brings it to the light? Absolutely. Darryl, I appreciate you uh, sharing your personal experience and your story Thank on you. how you had to bounce back from your injury to find another way. And I particularly say that because um, right now I teach fifth grade back mm -hmm. here at home. And majority of the young men that I'm teaching come from low income poverty, um, single family households, African American yeah. young men, and primarily all of them want to be athletes. And yeah. I'm constantly pouring into. By no means is there anything wrong with chasing the dream of being an athlete, yeah. but at the same time, make sure you're putting something in your head exactly. for the very reason that you exactly. mentioned exactly. in the blink of an eye. It can and all be over. Know. It can it can all be right. over. And it's like you, you know, you right. think about I that was always something that my parents had kind of honed on me. You know, they was just like, all right, right cool with sports and all that. But at the at the end of the day, you know, make sure that you have something to fall back on. And it's nothing wrong with focusing on plan A and saying plan A, plan A, plan A. But, mm -hmm. you know, what uh what goes overlooked a lot of times by um I mean all of us, quite honestly, I, I think as long as you're some type of a dreamer, something's gonna go overlooked. And one of the things Absolutely. that goes hugely overlooked, you know, by especially with the younger crowd, is sometimes, you know, it might plan A might not happen just because you didn't make it happen. It might be taken away mm -hmm. from you. You know, it might be a situation Absolutely. where you can no longer in any way depend on plan A. You know, what is plan right. B? I always joke about it. You know, people are like, guys, so is your basketball career over? And I was like, I really don't know. I'm still waiting to get back on my feet. It's thank God I paid attention in class. You know what I mean? Like that's that's real because like you said you never know in a blink of an eye can all be over what do you have you know what do you have in the um in the classroom that can help support you that's good stuff now before we wrap it up by no means am i concerned that you are a game changer thank you but man. you come into the winning edge game changing retreat a yeah. part of the second cohort. I was a part of the first, and I just got I got to make sure you bring in that energy, man. So, what are you bringing to to the table to the court when you when you show up? Uh, more than anything, I, I would say it was it's something I don't want to let go of. Somebody told me that it's part of the reason why the show is is what it is and why it's good. Listening. Um, so to be quite honest, yes, I will bring energy, but. You know, don't be surprised if at times I'm, I'm a little quiet just because I'm listening. Absolutely. I'm bringing, I'm, I'm bringing a uh, open mind first and foremost. Absolutely. You know, more than anything. But as far as energy goes, yeah, man, it's, it's who I was as an athlete. You know, it's who I am as a person. If I can help lighten the load and, and you know, brighten the room, then that's definitely uh, part of the reason why I feel like I'm here. So definitely bringing Absolutely. a good amount of energy, but first and foremost, listening. You know, I'm bringing an open right. mind. And that's why, gotcha. you know, that's why I wanted to do something like this. Good stuff. And before we go, what are you looking for the winning, winning edge game changing retreat to add to your life or your professional career development? I mean, the, the name says it all. I'm, I'm hoping this is a huge <laughs> game changer. You know what I mean? It's like I'm right, hoping right. a couple of days down there completely, you know, change everything for the better, you know, and then if, if, if it's not for the better, then I'll, I'll learn a lesson that will later on change it for the better. You know what I mean? So. 
but I'm I'm pretty sure that in, either way, you know, going down and getting that experience is gonna is gonna help tremendously. Just learning from y'all and people in that sports world, you know, on the other side, it's just it's no such thing as bad knowledge. Absolutely, Daryl. It's been a pleasure, man. I'm looking man. forward to meeting you to meeting you this this upcoming June and. I pray we keep working to to actually change the game in our different fields. But it's oh, been no, a pleasure speaking with you this evening, man. Nah, we definitely will, man. Thank you for having me. No doubt. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned with you. Check that right. out. Absolutely. Check that out. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Take care. Man. Have a good one. My man. Thank you. You too. Like I said, it's not every day you get to talk to a national champion. And after that episode, I think I'm a little more jealous that it was James instead of me. But oh, well, I got to interview some pretty cool people, too. And as always, if you want more hashtag game changing info, head over to our website, winningedgeleadership.org. You can also find more about how hashtag we game change on our Instagram and Twitter handles at the we leadership. Or if you really want more, then find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Thank you.